All right, everyone, welcome to Schmall Talk. I appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, we love it when you join us on Facebook. We also love it when you subscribe to our podcast on uh, Apple and Google and uh, Spotify and check us out on YouTube. Reggie, we have four reviews now on Apple Podcasts. Really? Four reviews, man. We're coming up. And all of them are five stars, and we appreciate that. And let's be honest, folks. If you're going to give us uh, anything other than a five-star review, then don't do it. I mean, what'd your mama teach you? I mean, you're not good to say. Don't say anything at all. So Absolutely. go on there. Give us a five-star rating. We appreciate it. And we need to get some way, Reggie. We have to get to the point where – and we have lost Reggie. We have to get to the point where we can get, uh, you know, in that recommendation line for – for folks uh, when they're on there searching for podcasts. That's what, that's what we're looking for. And uh, Glenn, I love to see that you are with us. Uh, actually, what I do is I, I have gotten the habit of taking cards and putting things on cards. Welcome back, Reggie, putting things on cards that I want to talk about. And so you, I don't know if you can see this, but Glenn all right, that's what I have here, Glenn, 100 show commitment. So I wanted to tell you, Glenn, you asked last time, would we continue to do this after the COVID pandemic crisis nonsense, whatever you want to call this is over. Reggie and I basically committed to 100 episodes of this. And right now, uh, I think we're at about 12 episodes or so. And so we're well on our way to... Uh, well, we're actually just getting started. So we're, we're really just trying to get comfortable with this whole thing and have some improvement as we go. And maybe at some point, we'll actually build some credibility. And Reggie and I can get some legit guests on here. Yeah. Hey, Reggie. Reggie, I can't hear you. So you're not fully with me yet. Whoa. How about this? You're in my ears now for some reason. Can I hear you? Yeah, I got you now. Okay, so <clears throat> 100 show commitment. That's what we're looking at. So that's basically about a year. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So I think Glenn just said take it to the election. I'm really looking forward to election time, quite honestly, yeah. because I think that's really going to give us something to talk about. Mm -hmm. So if you're watching this live, you'll notice that I'm in a different area of uh, Chateau Small Talk here. So I have moved out of my cavernous. <laughs> living room into another room of the house but you'll see if you can see this right here behind me i have brought with me trump and the american flag i had to bring that into this room we'll see if the audio quality is any better tonight so uh, i was mentioning when we come came on here tonight that lawyers for tiger king uh joe exotic are, are seeking a pardon from trump so we'll see what happens with that uh you know what, Reggie? Maybe if things are getting a little rough in the campaign, Trump might just go ahead and give him a pardon to to bring some people on his side. You never know. And uh, here, here's the other thing that stood out to me today, Reggie, based on our last show that we had. Uh, one politician stood out to you as being gangsta. Yes. And who was and who was that gangsta politician? The boss, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi and I had mentioned that she is she indeed is a gangster and that gangster put together an act a bill rather that she calls the hero act mm -hmm. and she sent everyone home 
She crafted a bill and she kept everyone home so it wouldn't go through committee or anything like that. Nobody could mark the thing up. Uh, I, I, I loaded it up today on the computer, man. I, uh, I took a look at it. It was 1,815 pages long. And I'm sure in true Nancy Pelosi fashion, you'd have to pass the bill to see what's in it. Well, uh, that bill is going to be dead, uh, dead on arrival in the Senate, according to Mitch McConnell. So we'll see what happens. But I do believe that there's going to be some more stimulus any way you look at it. Yeah, there's there's going to be some more checks flying around. That's for sure. And the other thing that that gangster did that is. Uh, I don't even know what to say about this. Is it funny? Is it pathetic? Is it sad? I don't even know. Is it just par for the course? She did you hear what she said about Trump on CNN? No. So Trump comes out and says that he's taking hydroxychloroquine as a preventative so that he does not get the coronavirus. I did see that. Now, Nancy Pelosi, who we all know, Nancy Pelosi is a staunch Catholic. I mean, even though I think they quit serving her communion, but she still is a staunch Catholic who prays uh, for our, our commander in chief. I mean, Nancy prays constantly. She, she probably has to have those knee pads that she <laughs> prays so much. She probably has those knee pads that I had to go to Lowe's and buy. I mean, not, not the cheap foam ones either. The ones with the gel inserts when yeah. I redid all the flooring in my house, I'm sure she had to go buy those because because when she's not in front of a, a camera at, at, at the, uh, House of Representatives, she's on her knees praying for the Trump, for Trump, uh, our president. And she she said that uh, she's a little concerned about him because he's morbidly obese. Mm. I did not hear yeah. that. What, you got the window open? Yeah, I'm closing it now. All right, you got somebody cutting the grass. You got that big money, man. You got someone cutting the grass for you. Yeah, right. So right. she said that she said she said that Trump is morbidly obese and uh she is very very concerned about him and i'm sure i'm sure that so many people on the uh, woke left were happy to hear that he's morbidly obese that maybe he will be consumed by his morbid obesity and biden will be consumed by whatever it is that he has dementia and what will we be left with well we'll probably be left with mike pence but we could get rid of pence and maybe maybe pelosi some way could wind up being our first president. So, uh, I don't know. They've already passed like $3 trillion, I believe. And, um, uh, there's going to be more to come. Wow. That's for sure. That's for sure. So I'm a little concerned about this because I think that my children, my grandchildren, uh, my grand great grandchildren might be paying the piper on this. Oh, for sure. There's no way possible that it can't be. Yeah, so <clears throat> you remember when there was that debt clock? You ever see that, the debt clock? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at some point, they took that thing down. I guess it was probably in New York City. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, you just go online and look at the debt clock, uh, usdebtclock.org. So I thought, well, let me just see where we're at right now. So I took a look at it before coming on the show here, and we're at $25.3 trillion dollars in u.s national uh national debt now 25.3 trillion but when you factor in the unfunded liabilities see, this is what people don't know about they don't talk about this 
The unfunded liabilities, that total number is $147.6 trillion. So that's when you add in their Social Security and Medicare. $146 trillion. There is no way to pay that. There's no way. No, 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 no. It's not even it's not even possible. You know how I look at this? Okay, so you got the national debt at 25.3 trillion. Unfunded liability, now this is the total thing, at 147.6. So imagine like your household, right? Like people want to compare this to your household. Imagine the 25.3 trillion, the smaller number here, is like your consumer debt, right? That's that's like your your credit card bill. Let's say that's your credit card bill. Mm-hmm. And then the 147.6, that's when you add like your mortgage onto your total debt, right? People don't want to talk about that, right? Hey, hey, dog, how much debt you in? Well, you know, I got that credit card. You know, I'm about 15 grand on that credit card. Okay, that's not your total bill. You got that house you ain't talking about, right? You got that student loan you're not talking about. You got all this other stuff that when you really add it all up, your behind's like, 300 grand in debt. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what this is like. So I think our politicians would more like to take a look at that 25.3 trillion. And we just want to ignore that 147.6 trillion dollar bill and just you know, plug their ears. La 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 la. That's the mortgage. That's the student loan. I'm not paying attention to that right now. <laughs> And we just keep on spending. I mean, I will tell you, there was a point uh, in my life uh, in, with, with my wife and our marriage where we had some credit card debt. And like that credit card debt can can get to a certain point where, you know, you've already got so much credit card debt that you're like at lows and you're like, yeah, man, I I really need, we need to put a new ceiling fan in the in the living room because... You know, that junk's broke and it's getting mm-hmm. hot while we're sitting there watching Netflix. You know, like we ain't, we ain't got money for that, that, that ceiling fan, but you can get it on credit. Man, we already, we already far in debt. What's another, yeah. you know, 200 bucks on the credit card for a ceiling fan? Who cares? I'm not, not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's what I feel like is happening right now. Mm-hmm. It's this mental thing going on where they're just like, yeah, we're 25.3. Ah, who cares? Big deal. We're never going to pay this off anyway. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and give the American people another $3 trillion. You know, break off a little bit for uh, our favorite corporations, our favorite constituency groups. Yeah, Let's yeah. get out there and play the identity politics game and make sure we say we're giving it to you over here. You are particular demographic that we love and this demographic we love and all the rest of it. And... Yeah, who cares? What's the big deal? Mm-hmm. I mean, where, where am I going wrong here? I mean, is my does my analogy fit? Yes, one hundred percent. It's like you're already in debt. Why not just? It ain't gonna hurt to be a little bit more. I mean, three compared to twenty-five, that's nothing, right? But then before you know it, well, three taking to twenty-eight, and then the next time you need it, I guess five ain't that much toward twenty-eight, and then it just it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going, and then I don't know. I mean, who, who's responsible for it? Well, I don't know, Reggie. It's interesting you should ask that question because uh, 
<laughs> in the past, when I start saying who's responsible for it, you start chiding me very quickly and start talking about, uh, there you go with the blame game. The blame game isn't going to help. I mean, we could go back. But I will tell you that this is a bipartisan issue. That's for sure. No, I, and I think you misconstrued it. I'm saying it ain't us who's going to pay it back. It ain't, oh, yeah. it ain't Jacob who's going to pay it back. It ain't his kid who's going to pay it back. It, it'll never get paid back. That's what I'm saying. Like, nobody's responsible for that debt. It'll just keep growing. And they'll just keep putting it on the card and putting it on the card. I, li- I like your analogy. I think it fits perfectly. So, meanwhile, while we're at 25 trillion, you know, I- I'm going to pull up on my computer right now this uh, U.S. debt clock. I did while you were talking. Because- did you? Are- do you have in front of you right now, Reggie? Uh-huh. Okay. So, look at that. I think it's the bottom right, if I'm- my memory serves me right. There is a cost per citizen at the bottom. Yeah. Bottom right-hand side. What What is that? Four hundred forty-seven thousand six hundred ninety-three. Four hundred and forty-seven thousand dollars. So, hey, by the way, when you're that person who's like, "Yeah, I'm really when I add it all up, the house, the cars, student loans, all the rest, I'm like three hundred grand in debt." Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you're not. If you're three hundred grand in debt right now, you are seven hundred forty-seven thousand dollars in debt. What you what you are right now. Yeah, and some change. There's also some numbers in there, Reggie. I'm just working from uh, my memory right now, but in the upper left hand side of that is where it has the national debt. There's all kinds of great information on there. There is a price or a um, debt per citizen and debt per taxpayer, right? Yeah. Debt per citizen is 70 some odd thousand, right? 76? Yep. Man, I got a memory like an elephant. And, uh, and, and then the debt per taxpayer that's interesting was that 203 200 you may as well make it 204 because it's 203 954 now what's that tell you or i want you to think about those numbers right there seventy six thousand for the citizen 203 for the taxpayer Mm. well i'm sorry go ahead i cut you off i mean we got some kids right i mean we got some kids aren't taxpayers that are citizens so we can we, we can scratch them I mean, I don't know. I, I start to think uh, it's an interesting thing where the citizen that's not paying taxes, their bill 76000 my bill and your bill, Reggie, because we do pay taxes, and we play, uh, pay plenty of them are, as self-employed people, uh, 204000 Now, ain't that something that the folk with 76000 over their head, they get a vote just like, you and I, who have 204 over our heads. It's a perfect system, isn't it? <laughs> it is, man. It, it is, is a perfect system. But I, 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 I love your sarcasm, by the way. But no, it's just like any work environment. I mean, you stop and think about it. The most productive people at your job will be put upon over and over and over again because the boss knows they'll get the work done. And the less productive people... Well, the boss ain't going to trust them with too much, so they actually get fewer and fewer responsibilities, right? So the productive people are made to produce more, while the people who are less productive get to kind of chill and get the same paycheck, right? Well, in in certain environments, union environments especially, maybe get a few bonuses in the private world, but it's just the way our system works, man. Yeah, and, and, you know, also on that page, uh, Reggie, there is uh, a, a account of how many people are in the workforce mm-hmm. uh 
124 million maybe mm. and uh somewhere around 25 million are government workers yeah maybe are you, you looking at it right now I'm and I'm, I'm i'm still going by memory here about 15 million from our, our uh, union workers so most of those government workers are union workers as well there's mm. about 40 million out of the 124 million workers that Bro, look, man, you can't fire them people. Hmm. You yeah, can't fire them. I beg to differ, but I get what you're saying. It's harder to get them out of the yeah, way. Yes. I mean, yeah, it, it's a little hyperbole on my part. But yes, it's it's definitely much harder to fire them than mm. to hi- fire somebody down here in Florida in this right-to-work state mm. that we have. Yeah. So you're paying 76000 or your bill, I, I should say, your bill over your head seventy six. Yeah. My Reggie is 204 and uh, you have every benefit that we have. You have every bit of the say. In fact, you could just really, y'all could just get together. If there were enough of y'all, y'all just vote yourself benefits. <laughs> that's how the system was designed. Well, uh, yeah, kind of sort. I mean, that's, that's why we're not a democracy. That's, that's why we should never be a democracy. Like people, do not understand this. They don't get the difference between a democracy and a republic, right? We, d- we don't want a democracy, pure democracy, let's say, because the um, the folks that are not paying taxes could uh, just go ahead and vote themselves a bunch of money, essentially, right? They could vote themselves money while, wh- what are you and I going to do? Well, we're going to pay it, I guess. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to pay it. And then all kinds... Listen, I already struggle with this because my taxpayer money goes to pay for things I don't want it to pay. And some of those things are moral issues for me. And so I'm not going to get into that tonight because I'm not suicidal here on Facebook Live to get into what those issues are. But just an interesting thing. So while all that's going on, we've got $6 trillion more, I think, probably what some people are pontificating that might be added to this thing here presume by the time we have round two of stimulus round three and round four and god knows whatever other round here is what uh, politicians are dealing with reggie did you see this lady who is the uh nassau county executive up on uh, long island new york mm-hmm. uh laura uh curran she was at a tennis court today well i don't know if it was today the last couple of days, she was at a tennis court laying out what the rules are for people if they want to come down to the tennis courts and play tennis. Did you see this? Mm. Okay. Well, let me let me just okay. Let me just read some of this for you. All right. As the country slowly reopens amid the pandemic, officials are reminding residents to maintain certain social distancing measures, like not touching each other's balls. Tennis balls, that is. Ahead of tennis courts reopening in parts of Long Island, New York, Nassau County Executive Laura Curran emphasized the importance of only handling your own balls. If you and another player are from another household, so, you know, if you're uh, from different households, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, if you're from the same household, rather, you can touch each other's balls. But players should otherwise take every precaution to avoid coming in contact with balls of unknown origin. This is amazing. Here's what she says, quote, you can kick their balls, but you can't touch them, end quote. 
that came from, and she's giggling while she says this, by the way. Really? Yeah, she's just giggling. You, you hear the crowd giggling about it. Mm-hmm. Although she managed to get through most of the conference with a straight face, she broke when she told the audience to mark their balls to avoid mixing them up with other balls. She says, quote, to avoid confusion between whose balls are whose, you can use a marker like a Sharpie, got an S, or to put someone's initials on them. So there you have it. Don't touch each other's balls. And if you do come in contact with a stranger's balls, please wash your hands. And as much as I want to laugh about that, because, you know, we we can just poke fun at it. It's funny. Whatever. Mm -hmm. The last time we were on here, I was just telling you how I I just have no confidence in these people. Mm. Like, we seriously have people that can't work, can't provide for their families. And there's the county, what we would call down here, a county administrator in uh, Long Island, New York. I guess that's the county executive who's out there giggling around, talking about touching each other's balls and kicking up each other's balls. Absolutely unbelievable to me. These people are buffoons. <clears throat> oh, man. And I, I don't want to say, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm not saying this to say that I'm more qualified to be the Nassau County executive or anything like that. It's, it's, it's not that type of thing. But this is just, man, this is insanity. Like, people have lost their confidence. You got in Michigan, go back to, to Michigan. Uh, you know, they had the Home Depot open. And uh, I pulled this from the, from the Guardian, this story. And, and the lady writing this story is obviously on the far other end of the political spectrum than I am. But we definitely can come together on this. It's unbelievable. Uh, in Michigan, Governor Gretchen Whitmer allowed Home Depot to stay open, but forced it to close all parts of its stores. I just don't understand, said one Michigander uh, doing odd jobs. You can put up drywall, but you just can't paint it right now because that's not essential. <laughs> Absolutely amazing to me. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Well I, well, I get that part of the frustration. Um I, I, yeah, I feel like I'm beyond frustrated. It is, it, you know what? It's actually moved into. I don't, Reggie. You and I teach cognitive behavioral uh, interventions. Like we talk about feelings all the time. I do. I don't even know what. I don't even know what to label. It's it's uh, that feeling of being um, exacerbated, right? Like you just, you know, it's just like you just throw up your hands. You're like, this is, this is absolutely ridiculous. You want exactly what I was going to go. So let's do a thinking report around that. Let's do Seriously. Let's take a moment. What are your thoughts? Oh, so wait, better yet. How would you briefly de- describe the situation? People are joking about. Uh, let's, I don't even want to say people, right? So that, that's, that's even too vague. Mm-hmm. Um, People in uh, with political power and authority are making arbitrary rules. Ah, arbitrary is a... Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop, 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 stop. Are, are, hmm, how do I say this? They're making rules. Yeah, yeah, they're making rules. But that, that, doesn't, that doesn't just say it, right? So... Uh, they're making rules about, so if, if you're following along at home right now, what I'm trying to do is, um, do the first part of a 
thinking report, which is a, a cognitive behavioral intervention. And the first part, he describes the situation briefly and objectively. Yeah. So uh, without any emotion, uh, it's got to be objective, right? So that's why Reggie balked when I said arbitrarily <laughs> and I cut him off. Because I don't want him to think that he knows more about this stuff than I do. So, uh, <laughs> no, I think you, you heading down the path, right? Being the, being the highly trained uh, professionals that we are. All right. So, uh, people with political power and authority are making rules that I do not agree with. That's that's one hundred percent factual, right? And the reason yes. why we want to make it factual is so we remove kind of that 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 value those value laden statements, so we can just look at it from a, a direct lens, right? Completely objective. So now let's do the the subjective piece. What a, what thoughts do you remember having, George? Say All right. You, well, I'm going to have to keep uh, unlike in a normal class <laughs> where we teach people how to do this. I'm going to have to teach. I'm going to have to do this uh, PG. A little edited, yes. Yeah, we'll have to do this PG. So what's the first uh, thought you can remember? Yeah. These people are stupid. Second thought. Who do they think they are? Give me another one. These people have no common sense. Give me none. They think they just tell anyone what to do. All right. So it's a kind of a theme going on there, right? People are not going to put up with this forever. Oh, there you go. So now let's switch to feelings. Why you cut me off, man? I got about fifteen more thoughts, I think. But they're all the same. They're all in the same vein, though. Same vein, right? In the same vein. So yeah, they're in the same vein. What feelings you have associated with those thoughts? Because thoughts and feelings are interlinked, right? Well, I got to tell you, man. I've been doing this process for a long time, and I can tell you that my most risky feeling (laughs) is annoyance, and that one's that one is pretty strong with me. And so some of them might say, well. Man, I I would think that anger would be more risky for you, George. That's eh, not really. Mm. Uh, it's annoyance because when I get annoyed, that's when I have uh, the tendency to pop off at the mouth. Yes. When I'm angry, that's when I have the tendency to shut down a little bit more. So, thank you, thank so- you. Socrates said, "Know thyself." I know myself. You articulated the link between your thoughts and the risk in them, like what it might lead you to do. And you've done this, so I ain't got to go. I mean, and like I'm educating you, but this is more so for the group. Now, let's go with your beliefs. Beliefs are values, rules that we live our lives by. They're kind of general statements. And often our problems are sourced in a conflict in our beliefs, right? When something occurs that is in direct contradiction of a rule I live my life by. So what? what, what that you- is what I call a problem. Yes. By definition, a problem yes. is any situation that does not line up with my rules, values, principles, habits of thinking. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a problem because my belief is <laughs> give me liberty or give me death. Absolutely. And the thing I always say, and I know you do the same thing because I've seen you do it. Beliefs are somewhat neutral. I mean, there's some that are really kind of, um, you know, obviously value laden, but for the most part, beliefs aren't good or bad. It's what they lead you to do. Right. Give me liberty or give me death. That's a healthy belief. If you ask me, if it leads you to be productive and like give, go out in society and do everything you can to maintain your freedom in a safe, legal way. But if it leads you 
to do some illegal stuff to maintain you. you, you and now, this ain't for you, George. It's just for everybody listening, right? So when you think about that, you are already identified the risk. Obviously, you use some new thinking. Or did you? That's a better question. Did well, you? I, it, okay, what, what was the risk that I identified? Did I identify? What's my risk? You said that anger, which I would imagine if we really flushed this out, there's a thought that goes along with that and other beliefs. Uh, that, that leads you to become, not anger, but annoyance. That leads you to pop off and clap back at people and, and like speak in the folks. Yeah, I, but I, w- I will tell you, that, that could be, yeah, that could be a risk, right? That could be a risk. Because about the first time I walk into Walmart, now this hasn't happened yet, but about the first time I'm somewhere in town and, and someone makes a side comment to me because I'm not wearing a mask, then I would be at a very high risk to say something back to that person that would not be so pleasant. I mean, listen, I'm not going to go over the top. Uh, you know, I, I don't plan to. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see uh, what type of morning I've had uh, leading yeah. up to that. But I, I would really wouldn't want to go over the top. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and I, I really don't think this is interesting to me. Is I think that there's people that would consider just voicing your opinion mm-hmm. a risk. Yeah. And 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 I do not. I I do not see that as a risky situation. Not on this one. I don't. Well, yeah. I mean, and there's I, a lot of people that just rather us shut up. George, what in the world? I done told you, man, as soon as I re-enter society fully, there'll be people that are like, oh my God, I can't believe you started a podcast. Why do you want to tell, tell people what you think? It was so stupid. You know, I mean, I, you, you, you got to know that's going to happen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, hey, I the, mean, foregone conclusion. Yes, sir. And they have a right to their opinion. The big thing is, of course, if we, and I, I thank you for doing that, George, because if you really stopped and thought about it, if we did a thinking report for the country, just saying we divided it up like one group had to do a thinking report based on their, the the uh, marches and the and what liberty for Minnesota for, you know, the, the, the protesters. If we did a group thinking report for them, what in God's name would that look like? But then if you flip the coin and you get a group thinking report for the stay at home people, <laughs> what would that look like? Right. Well, I could tell you this article that this. Uh this lady wrote that I told you was on the opposite side of the spectrum, the Mm. political spectrum. She says here, I'm with that majority. Well, that's the majority that actually is afraid of the restrictions being lifted too quickly. Mm -hmm. She said that she's afraid of those restrictions being lifted too quickly. She's not with the minority that is protesting in favor of an immediate reopening. Mm. Sometimes I love this part. Sometimes in a show of less than fine-tuned political sense, while flying Confederate flags. <laughs> oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me! <laughs> oh, I love when I love people that just this smugness, man. That just is uh, is is. Oh, it's a labeling. That that's the part that. Just grinds my gears, as Peter would say from uh, Family Guy. It, when when I label you, then it makes my position more stronger, right? When I, when I can find some flaw or some kind of uh, you know just stereotypically negative label to place upon you, then it makes me more virtuous and more righteous. And then what do we get? We ain't gonna ask that question again. We said a lot, but it, it serves no purpose other than it's your own edification, your own gratification in the moment. But there's people in certain positions like media folk, uh, pundits and all those people 
who do that so frequently, and it really impact, has a, a larger impact. It's almost equivalent to yelling fire in a, in a crowded theater. That, that's just my opinion. I ain't trying to stomp on First Amendment or take nothing from nobody, but, but there's got to be more responsibility in, in the expressing of your opinions out in public settings and, and the need to make one side look bad so you can look better. What's the old phrase? Burn it out of my neighbor's house ain't going to make my house no prettier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I think we ended up with Joe Biden, by the way. Uh, we, I, I shouldn't say we, uh, Democrats ended up with Joe Biden as their nominee because it was all about, primary was all about who can beat Donald Trump. I mean, go back and look at the tape. There was no big policy pronouncements that came forward. The biggest policy pronouncement that came forward came from Andrew Yang. Hashtag math. You know what? He jumped out a little too soon. If he had made it through the Corona scare, that joker would be in the lead right now. Oh, he'd, he'd be in the running for sure. He would. He would. I, I respect that. I actually came out and talked about a, a policy that he would endorse that he believes in other than just, I can beat Donald Trump. So we end up because of just polling. Uh, and I don't, I mean, I can't even believe most of that. Who can believe polling these days? Liberals are not going to believe a Fox News poll and conservatives are not going to believe a NBC poll. But anyway, polling drew, drove that whole thing. Joe Biden is the nominee. Now, Joe Biden knows, and I think Nancy Pelosi knows, that they cannot beat Trump. Now, maybe they can, but I think in their head, they can't. So what are they doing now? They're just throwing right in with Trump Trump's tactics. So... Trump always ascribes labels to people. Sleepy Joe, creepy Joe, go on down the list. I What did Joe Biden call him today or last night or something? Like President Tweety or something like that. I don't It was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I mean, I watched the video on the news mm -hmm. and like every person that was on the panel commentating afterwards, it was like crickets. Like everyone had like a concrete fit. No one was laughing. Everyone's just like, you know, they just wanted to just put their hand over their face, put their head, uh, head down and just shake it. And you gotta be kidding me. You've got Pelosi talking about Trump being morbidly obese. Trump's talking about Pelosi. Biden and Trump are calling each other names. And oh my gosh, where's all this going? Trump's uh, Trump's looking uh, tired too. By the way, I agree with you on that. You brought that up a couple shows ago. Yeah. He getting a little, he's getting a little bit more cranky than uh, than than ever. And qu quite frankly, I don't even blame him. But he's a human being. Uh, man can only take so much, I think. But my goodness, and oh, yeah. some of it deserved. By the way, he he brings a lot of it on himself. But yeah, he's got a lot of fire coming at him that's absolutely ridiculous. I know. And the crazy part about it, I mean, like, I say this all the time. We just don't have room for hope anymore, right? One side is leveled to prove that we are in Armageddon, the end days, right? I'm, I'm ready for Gabriel to blow his horn for horses. <laughs> on the I mean, literally, man, because, like, it, when there's a moment of hope, then there's an article, of a story of multiple ones that counter whatever hope. Look at Georgia, right? Georgia reopened a week earlier than everybody else. They did the 
the, uh, I thought it was always funny that they did beauty salons, uh, barbershops, and gyms and stuff on Friday, and then they opened up everything else on Monday. So they let people get their get 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 their hair did and get it right, so they can go back out in society before they kicked it. Well, Georgia reported, uh, and because people are watching them closely, they they reported that there was no massive spike in new cases, right? And then the people were uh, touting the Georgia model for reopening. And all, I mean, just a lot of different positivity coming out of that. And actually just a reduction in fear. If they could do it and then there wasn't anything major, then maybe it is hope for the rest of us. I mean, I'm sure you've seen all these stories, right? Absolutely. And so we going through this, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool, man. Like that, there's something there. I mean, the whole idea, well, next thing I know, I started seeing the counter argument and the most prevalent one. The one that jumps out at me is from the L.A. Times. And it says, Georgia lied. That was the, the, the tagline that I mean, like the, the main headline that would draw you into the article. And it's an opinion. But Georgia's, it says Georgia's coronavirus data made reopening look safe. The numbers were a lie. And then they go into this explanation about how they fudge the numbers and, um, you know, these cases, uh, they're pressuring coroners to not label deaths as coronavirus. And I'm thinking, do you have evidence of that? Right. Cite a source. Pull out somebody that can come in and go on the record and speak to what you're saying. And then mix in with that. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm just, I get frustrated with it because all you're trying to do is extinguish the hope that came from the Georgia situation. Right. Why? Because there's some political end to it, right? The LA Times is definitely left-leaning at, at a minimum, and I would say 100% liberal at, at, at its worst situation. It's political. We, we can't restore the country. We can't get back to trying to fight this battle because if we do and, and the economy recovers, well, maybe, maybe old Cheeto might get that second round that he's looking for. So let's do let's send out every story to counter every bit of hope to make sure we keep you in fear, terrified, and recognizing this is all 100% Trump's fault. I, I don't know. I just grind my gears. I had to put that out there. Help me, George. Tell me what's going on. Do a picture report it, with me. Is, uh, <laughs> is that... Uh... Uh, it'd be interesting to go back and look at the statistics that I cited about three weeks ago that 60% of Democrats blame Trump instead of China for this virus. Yeah. It'd be go back to see that right now and see if this has had any effect. I, I really think they're shooting themselves in, the, in their, their foot because I read yesterday that Trump's approval rating is the highest it's ever been. I thought it did. Well, his, his, there's two sides of that. I'm not contradicting right? you. I'm, I'm like, I don't, I mean, wow. Yeah. Yeah, his his disapproval. This might be the other part that you were thinking, Reggie. His disapproval is also <laughs> highest it's ever been. Okay. So interesting. His approval is at like forty nine percent. His disapproval is like forty eight percent. Yeah. So, uh, listen, the American people are not stupid. No. I mean, we say this all the time. People are so stupid. Well, okay, but the American people are not dumb. We're Ooh. watching uh, his polling numbers go up. His his numbers are higher right now. His approval ratings higher right now than what Obama's was at this point when he was facing re-election. Really? And yeah. And uh, uh, it'd be interesting to see what this whole scenario would look like, uh, Reggie, if this were not an election year. 
I know. Oh, wouldn't it? Right. What What if this were like three years ago? We're in the first year of Trump. That That would have been the ultimate time for this, right? Yeah. Because then they would have put away all this Trump, this uh, Russia nonsense. Mm -hmm. We haven't even talked about that yet. This Obamagate stuff and these emails and stuff that are coming out right now. This is this is absolutely amazing. Um. Yeah, to to think that they were spying on Flynn and this person, that person, the other person, and there's Trump or uh, Obama. I don't know nothing about it. It's just it's it's staggeringly foolish to me. So uh, you have all these people, Clapper, Samantha Powers, all these people that uh, said under oath that they have no evidence of Trump colluding with the Russians and walk out the door like same day. Same day, I think they've got the timestamp on this stuff. Go out the same day and go to MSN uh, or CNN and say, "Oh yeah, we got evidence." It's absolutely amazing. Call some new people, right? Yeah. So they probably would have put all of that to aside and held on to that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they probably would have still been hammering Trump as much as possible. Let's face it. I mean, but I still think it would have looked a little bit different if it were not an election year. Yeah, maybe. They're trying to ride this thing out. We done flatten that curve. Yeah, we don't flatten the curve. So, what? It, flatten the curve became something else. It, 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 now it's like waiting for a cure. I don't think we don't have a cure for age uh, HIV, right? No. We don't have a, we don't have a cure for that one. Mm -hmm. How about this? How about we open up and we devote all these resources to curing cancer? Mm. I'd like to see that happen. So now, so now Obama comes out. This is the other thing. It's uh, that annoys me about our political process, Reggie. Here comes Obama blasting Trump. He actually had uh, uh, George Bush come out making uh, some comments that kind of kind of passive aggressive. I think a few weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> about Trump's handling of all of this. Uh, there, you know, and I expected more hours because Bush was like that last president. Let me just call this now: Bush is the last president who will not uh, uh, slam his predecessor once he's out of office. Successors. Okay. Yeah, yeah, his successors. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it's his, his uh, successor. So uh, Obama, he's not going to have a problem doing that. I mean, he's, he's going to blast Trump every time he can. And if anyone thinks that Trump's going to go away quiet. No, no. After when he's a former president, then you don't bump your head. <laughs> he, Ray, I believe he'll have his own news network. Oh, yes. it, it will probably be devoted to slamming whoever is the, the president after him. Mm -hmm. And probably this is where I'll end up saying on this. If we make it past a hundred episodes, Reggie, uh, I'm the, I'm the problem. Why am I the problem? Because I love me some Trump news network. <laughs> I watch the entertainment. I'm gonna tell you that right now. That's I, what, yeah, yeah. I will too. That's why I'll watch it. Like when Trump was having his rallies, or you hear around the house, I'd be like, oh, Trump shows on. Trump shows on. Let's turn on the Trump show. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, his press conferences did do better than uh, in the ratings in The Bachelor. Mm. How do we know that? Because <laughs> he was quick to tell us. Yes, he did. Yes. Hey, man, what was uh, what was the story that had you uh, get, got your attention today? I told you that one was it the LA Times? Yeah. Was that the one? Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know if you had a you had another one. 
No, that was the one because it just seemed like here we go again. And, and there's so many other people that picked it up because like that was a day ago, and since then there's been multiple articles put out in regards to Georgia's lying. Their numbers aren't correct. They they have a worst case scenario. How about we stop and think? Didn't y'all tell us there's a two week incubation incubation period? Ain't that something yeah. you heard that, right? I mean, consistently. So if their numbers spiked on the day that they opened, wasn't that already going to happen whether they opened or not? Because, I mean, I mean, it's just common sense, man. But the thing is, they we're expected not to use deductive reasoning. We're expected to not look beyond the surface. And for a lot of people who are in desperate straits, they're not going to look beyond the surface. For real. I saw a thing the other day where a lady was talking about in Philadelphia, she was cooking the last meal and not like she's going to kill her family or anything, but that was all the food she had remaining in her home. And she had no money coming in and she had no clue what she was going to do the next day. I don't think that that lady is going to look beyond the surface of those stories because her, her, her most primary thing is just a basic Maslow need, right? Survival, uh, sustenance, shelter. So there's too, too few people in a position to, to actually take a look. And the ones that are in a position, they got other stuff going on, right? They need to peel back the layers and do what you and I do, which is you see one story. So you try to find more information to either confirm or like dispute the story that's there. Because that's one thing I appreciate about you. You got your leanings, but you you, you go a little deeper. You, you'll read the, the liberal side, the liberal media, and you'll read the conservative media. And then you come in with your opinion about both. I don't think most people do that, George. Well, listen, nobody can be right all the time. Nobody's going to be wrong all the time either, unless they're a, a you know, a psychopath for God's sakes. Yeah, and, gonna and, be- and even the psychopath going to be right every now and then. By the way, because <laughs> you know that's a whole nother conversation. Psychopaths, there's plenty of psychopaths that are politicians and preachers. By the way, so they they they're not even wrong all the time. Mm, broken clutch, right twice a day. Right? Absolutely. So. so yeah, so th- this really, Reggie, and I appreciate that, man, because it, it's a great source of frustration for me if someone's just like, oh, he just gets all of his news from Fox, but, you know, just say that at a distance, but wouldn't have a conversation with me because I might just bury him with the facts uh, <laughs> from coming from both sides because, uh, you know, and I might get buried with the facts and uh, you've buried me a few times. I've been buried by some other people and then you you change your viewpoint. Uh, but some people are just so committed to the viewpoint they can't change it at all. It's just kind of annoying to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. We we've got some clowns uh, running things, and I was talking to a friend this morning who uh, who said, you know, George, I just she said, you ever see Mr. Smith goes to Washington? I said, yeah. She said, I, we need Mr. Smith. I said, well, you know, the problem is, is Mr. Smith's going to look at the political landscape right now and say, why in the world would I get into that mess? Mm-hmm. Bunch of mud slinging and and um calling each other names and all the rest of it. Just uh, why, why do that? Why do that? I mean, unless you're from New York city and waiting tables and you are a, um, <laughs> a climatologist and, uh, an Bar- economist and bartender. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Bartender who, who, uh, knows more about economics and climates and, uh, anything else you, that you could possibly even bring up, then, then you might want to go ahead and run for office. Yeah. But <laughs> AOC, <laughs> I think that proves your point. And she actually is, is 
example of how your point is real. She went in there on these highbrow things, you know, the green deal. I can't remember the name of it. Green New Deal. Yeah, just really just out there with people. And then, well, lately, she's uh, revamped her entire office. She got, you know, tenured like folks who've been in Washington and know the landscape and running the game. No more of this uh, upstart progressive stuff. And, and some of her rhetoric has dialed back significantly. Right. I mean, she's not out there. You don't hear her out there running. I mean, every once in a while, there'd be a little thing so she can keep some other people on the team. But now she figured out, I better play this game or if I want to stick around. Right. That's it. Washington is a beast. It, it, there's nobody who goes in there and stays true to their convictions. You can say Bernie did what he is. No, he didn't. Bernie will bend and lean whichever direction he needs to bend. But he'll say what he needs to say to the people to keep that that momentum behind him. The, what, what do they call them? The Bernies? or I don't even know what their names are. Bernie bros. There you go. Everybody bends to the Washington wheel. Except for Trump, which is kind of... Thank you. Yeah. And I'm saying that. I don't like him. Let me put that out there on the record. I am not... Man, please. I know you got to say... I know you got to do what you got to do for your people that are watching this right now. What are you talking about? tonight. <laughs> 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 So but I, I, you got to give a man credit. I mean, he's learned how to play the system of that of Washington. But in the sense of who he is, he pretty much staying true to his game, man. Like he, he not going to back down from folks. He loves a good fight. Even in the middle of a pandemic, he will have a tantrum and fight you on the mic. And people love that because they it, it's that sense of, um, I guess, like John Wayne, almost the bravado that goes along with it. And he's held fast to that the whole time. So I will give the man credit. He meant what he said, and he said what he meant. Well, Reggie, I think that he needs to master the art of therapeutic paradox. Oh, you got to explain that one. Well, this is like um, reverse psychology, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you want somebody to change something, but you know that if you suggest the the route that they should take, that they're going to buck against that and go the other way. Mm. So, so, um, so why not suggest that they go, <laughs> that they go, uh, the opposite of what you actually want them to do so <laughs> that they will actually <laughs> go down the road that you want them to. Right. The Jedi mind. Uh, trick. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jedi mind tricks, therapeutic parents, um, uh, reverse psychology. I guess. I guess loosely we could attach a lot of names to this idea, but if if Trump really wants the things open, then he needs to come out tomorrow with a really strong pronouncement that everything needs to stay shut. And CNN and MSNBC will lead the charge to get this thing open as quick as possible. I I agree with you a thousand percent. He did. The he time. needs to figure this out, and yeah. and he can't just switch it on a dime. But if he gets another four years, he needs he needs some people who understand cognition and 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 these types of interventions. He needs some people whispering in his ear, saying, "All right, dog, here's what you need to do." All right. I mean, he better switch before he ain't gonna get the next four. I mean, he don't, he don't get that additional four years. I think about, he did the China ban, and I remember, and this is back when I was really watching the news a lot. There was so much response in the sense of that's racist and how dare you and yada, yada, skippy. And then later it turned out that was a good move. 
right? I mean, y'all called him a racist and said he's shutting down immigration. I think that actually helped. Now, not beyond me thinking, there's evidence that his immigration policies and shutting down that China thing actually helped us. It didn't help us immensely, but it did help. So then you find fault in the fact that he, I, I heard so many stories, well, it really wasn't a ban. I mean, it would have been good if he had done it right, but then 40 other, 40,000 more, you're talking about people who are being repatriated. It's not like he let 40,000 people from Wuhan in. He didn't let 40,000 Wuhan citizens in. He let in our, our, our family back into the country. What was he supposed to do? Because if he had turned them away, then you would have found fault with that. That you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. And, and when it comes to him, and then the sad part about it, here I am, somebody who has serious issues with a significant amount of his policies, and I, yet because I'm a reasonable person, I feel the need to defend him because I, I want the folks that I ride with to be more practical, to be more honest, and to show more grace. Right? We're supposed to be bigger and better than the other side, aren't we? We're supposed to be have a higher moral ground than the other side. At least that's what we allege on a regular basis. And we sure. are just as petty, just as dirty, just as backbiting. And the sad part about it is because we've had this stance for so long, now we look even more hypocritical when we start playing y'all. I mean, I shouldn't say y'all. Sorry, George. The other side's games. Right? And that, that, again, if I did a thinking report on myself, my feelings around that would be annoyed, embarrassed, ashamed, frustrated, and just downright just desperate. Like, I, I, that's why I read a little bit more, right? Because you can go between different, there's more sources to read than there are news channels. But the news channels, if they're on in my house, they're on mute. And if I, well, let me, um, I look <clears throat> as I'm griping about these politicians today, why don't we harken back to the great politicians of old? I mean, like who comes to mind? You know, let's and let's let's go to the let's even go to the Democrat side. Great president of the past, maybe one of the greatest. Let's go to FDR. Mm -hmm. Right? One of the great democratic presidents. What would FDR do in a in a COVID-19 situation? where it came from China. Well, maybe what he would do is what he did in World War II after the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. He would go ahead and round up all Chinese Americans, Americans of Chinese descent, and put them in internment camps and take all their stuff from them. How about that? Would he do that? Well, I mean, so, so, so my point is, while we're griping about Trump and Pelosi and... Uh, Biden and all the rest, you know, no one's no one's got the market cornered on mistakes, uh, political mistakes. That's for sure. Absolutely, and really, and really grimy, stupid thing. And in history, you know, we can look back. I don't know what the blowback was at the time. I can't imagine what the blowback was at the time with Japanese Americans being put in internment camps. <laughs> um, apparently, it wasn't a whole lot. I mean, I don't know. That'd be something to research. You couldn't get away with that now. And you know what? That's a fantastic thing. We're growing. Can't get away with Jim Crow now, also part of the Democrat uh, platform. Can't get uh, away with Jim Crow now, thank God, because our country is getting so much better. Well, so, let me reach with this. You asked yeah. what the blowback was. It wasn't an immediate blowback. But um, do you know that Japanese internees 
received reparations? That in 1988, President Ronald Reagan signed into law the Civil Liberties Act of 1988, which apologized for the internment on behalf of the U.S. and authorized a payment of $20,000 to each camp survivor, which would, yeah. would be like $43,000 per person if they were still alive. That was the blowback. Yeah. And you know what I just heard when you said that, Reggie? Mm. I heard that the great Republican president, maybe the greatest in my lifetime. I got to go. I got to go. Rinaldis, Max, Rinaldis Maximus <laughs> made, uh, made that situation from FDR correct. I corrected that. I, I, I really set myself up for that one, didn't I? You sure did. You sure did. And this is just history, man. This is just the way this thing cuts, man. Yeah. And people can, yeah, I mean, people can talk about it and they can make good arguments. Well, at some point in history, the Democrats became the Republicans, the Republicans became the Democrats. I don't know. I guess that could have happened. I mean, I've never been out on a basketball court where playing shirts and skins and then all of a sudden, just on a whim, everyone just all of a sudden had the same idea at one time. Hey, let's switch it up. You know, let's all just, uh, grab a shirt or take one off. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how all that happened, but uh, I can tell you the one party has a very dubious record, let's just say, on um, these issues of race and demographics. And that same party today is playing gender politics, uh, identity politics, like it's nobody's business. But hey, it's working for them. Maybe it's working for them. And I, I, I said before, W.E.B. DeBose said, there's one party with two names that I believe. That's my my truth, right? That I'm living that truth. There are. We're going to have to talk about that uh, <laughs> that statement later. Yes, that, yep. that my that my truth statement that 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 is uh, that is tantamount to saying my opinion. It just sounds it just sounds more legit when you say my truth, but uh, it, I get it. Fitting of the time, it's the verbiage of today. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. All right. Well, uh, I don't know what hope there is. Well, actually, I do. I've said it on here many, many times. I think that the hope of the world is the church. Yes, that's what I think it is. Yeah. Uh, specifically for me, that would be uh, the church of Jesus Christ. As long as they got their stuff together too. <laughs> because it has a pretty dubious record of, of uh, his historical record as well. But uh, for me, but, uh, I think further, and um, I'd say my hope is my faith. Yeah. Right. And I that, that building itself, sometimes I know it's in the Bible, forsake ye not communion with thine brethren, but uh, I ain't going to put my faith in man. I'm going to put my faith in him. And then that's my hope. So I'll go that route. Yeah, I think we're saying the same thing. No, we are 100%. In fact, I know we are. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Red, appreciate you joining tonight, as always. Uh, we're in this for, uh, I think, uh, let's see, uh, 70, uh, about 77 more shows, man. We'll see what happens. And if you had your dream guest on here, who would be your dream guest on Small Talk? My dream guest would be Tucker Carlson. Really? Either him or Hannity, so it's a, it's, it's a tie. Like it's one A and one B, dog on it. That would be my dream guest to be able to have a one a, a meaningful conversation with them, where they don't get to interrupt you as often as they do the guests that they have on their show, right? And just to be able to chop it up with them. 
But then uh, you may not believe this. My the the one C would be Rachel Maddow. Really, if I could sit down and chop it up with them three individually. One I, I, that would make my life for real. I, I think it would blow up our ratings as well. What do you think? Yeah, I think it would. I think it would. Um, wow, how do we make that happen? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I appreciate your ambition, Reggie, because. I was thinking that what we ought to do is start by getting like, you know, the the Secretary of the Interior uh, under the Clinton administration, which you know, no one knows who that cat is. No one's asking him for any input on anything, and he would be completely flattered if some couple dudes doing a Facebook show just would ask him his thoughts on something. Yeah. You know, because then we could just blow that up. Like, hey, man, we got the Secretary of the Interior in the, uh, from the Clinton administration. Yeah. And, then every, and then everyone, including you and I, would have to be like, dang, man, what's the Secretary of the Interior? <laughs> I have no idea. Definitely had to research that one, but Yeah, well, we're going to ask that cat. Yeah. I want Mike Lindell on here, man. I know he's, he's, he's in your neighborhood, too. Really? Up there in Minnesota making those pillows. Oh, yeah, the... The crackhead From CEO. Crackhead CEO, man. I got to get that book. I got to order that book, get my $25 MyPillow card with it, order me some some Giza Dream Sheets, <laughs> and ask Mike uh, uh, Mike Lindell to come on the show. That's what we need. Exactly. I, I, I'll, yeah. take that one. I'll take that one. Too. Yeah, we would have fun with that guy, man. Oh, for sure. Get, given our line of work, we'd have a lot of fun with him. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll dream big. We'll uh, send out some emails, some PMs, man. Try to get... Uh, Matt Al, Hannity, uh, Carlson, and uh, and I'll go after Mike Lindell. You go after those, your three, I'll go after mine, and we'll see who gets there first. Okay. Let's All right. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, everyone. Uh, appreciate y'all listening. Uh, you can always go to smalltalk.tv. There you'll find uh, links for everything. I uh, love the fact that people are subscribing to our podcast, uh, giving us uh, ratings on there. We got four five star ratings. So if you subscribe, uh, thank you. And give us a five-star rating. If you don't subscribe, go subscribe and uh, share this with other people. We would appreciate it. Give us, you know, just put some wind in ourselves and get us to 100 episodes. Oh, yeah. We got to get some. I need you to share this, man. We got we got to get some. We got to. We're doing pretty good on views here. Uh, but I don't know with getting four and 500 views if that's enough for Carlson, Maddow, and Hannity. <laughs> It definitely isn't for Maddow. I'm going to tell you right now, Maddow does not want to go toe-to-toe with me. That lady is not – she's not ready. <laughs> the thing is, it would be, be a two-on-one because I think I'd join in with you on that one. Yeah. All right, everyone. Till next time. All right, brother. <laughs>